All right, let's bring him on now. It's Jeff Benedict, who has uh, been an author of multiple New York Times bestsellers. Uh, this one is is there as well. The Dynasty is the name of the book. It has just come out. It is about the New England Patriots. He joins us on the line now. Uh, Jeff, uh, what's the what's the reaction been like to the book for the first couple of weeks that it's been out? Uh, it's been really uh, well. First of all, hello and thanks for thanks for having me on the air. Um, the reaction has been really interesting. It's been in New England. It's been very strong, as you know, you might expect. Um, but the reaction from the rest of the country has been surprising to me. Pittsburgh, Denver, Miami, Buffalo, even New York. <laughs> the uh, the sports media in those cities have been very receptive. And I think part of that's just because it's not whether you hate this team or love the team, and it seems like most people outside of New England despise the Patriots, but there's a lot <laughs> yeah. in here about winning and success and what New England has done that's different from everybody else, how they've been able to distinguish themselves from other teams. And, uh, you know, the reality is that they've they've run their dynasty longer than any other dynasty in NFL history. And so even if you don't like them, I think there's, there's something to learn from what they've been doing up there. Jeff, I was curious about your motivation for this project. Uh, the last book you co-authored with Armin Katayan was on Tiger Woods and I believe came out in the spring of 2008, which from what I've read is around the time you undertook this project. What was it about the Patriots? And at that point as well, Tom Brady was still with the franchise and they were still, I guess, in their window, so to speak. So why was now the time that you wanted to tackle it? Well, I'd, I'd actually wanted to do it earlier, um, even before we started the Tiger Woods biography. It just, it um, for a number of reasons, wasn't practical for me to do it then. And so when we finished the Tiger Woods project, I I tried at that point to focus my attention and efforts on doing it. Um, I really started focusing on it right after the Patriots lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And there was a sense, I think, around the NFL that the dynasty might be finally winding down. And that summer is when I approached uh, Robert Kraft first and the Patriots organization about wanting to get access and wanting to write the definitive history of the team. And I started working on the book officially that that fall uh, of the 18th season. Of course, that year they went on to win another Super Bowl, so I was there for all of that. Uh, and then I, I stayed on the following season last year, which was Tom's last year there. But, um, yeah, I I was just thinking that, it, as with Tiger, I mean, Tiger, I think, is the greatest golfer who's ever lived, and I think the Patriots are arguably the best American sports dynasty certainly in this century and arguably ever. I mean, they belong in that conversation with the Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio Yankees and the Bill Russell Celtics. They're right there. Before we get into some of the specifics and some of the characters that uh, that take sort of hold throughout the 20-year dynasty, uh, I'm curious to know what was the most difficult portion to get people to talk about or to get factual reporting on during the dynasty era in new england um hmm, that's a good question i i 
I never felt like there was a, you know, a particular area that was really hard to get people to talk about. I mean, I, I obviously deal with, I dive deeply into deflate gate and the spy gate into the Aaron Hernandez situation. I mean, I, I go into all of that and I, I mean, I guess it's, I would say that none of those topics were pleasant for anybody to talk about, but I, I never really sensed that, um, when I went there with people that, uh, you know, I was asking forbidden questions. I mean, it, it was, it was part of a much larger narrative. And one of the things I was trying to do was cover all of it. And I, I, I think it's important that if you, if you're going to cover the highs and there's a lot of highs in this story, but the lows are just as important. Those early years with Bill Parcells are filled with friction and fighting and animosity and bitterness and backbiting and ugliness. I mean, and I, I really wanted to delve into that because I think it's important. It's informative. It has a lot to do with how Robert Kraft changes and how he deals with Bill Belichick later. I think without those Parcells years, the Belichick years don't even happen. And so I, I was just, I, I really went into all those places because I thought that they were, they were part of this really rich story. And I, I didn't, I mean, maybe Aaron Hernandez, nobody really wanted to talk about that because it is mm-hmm. such an ugly chapter in the Patriots history. And um, obviously a lot of that chapter had to do with things that really didn't involve the football field. But nonetheless, they did have a player who was charged and convicted of murder, and he wasn't some third-string no-name. He was a, he was a star. And, um, but I thought it was, again, I thought it was important to cover that as well. Jeff Benedict joins us on air, Sportsnet 650. We're talking about his new book, The Dynasty, about the New England Patriots and their unprecedented run of 20 years' success in the NFL. Uh, Jeff, this might be an unfair question, given that you just wrote a ton of words about these people. But I'm wondering uh, if you could describe the three principal characters in in this dynasty, in this story, Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in either a word, a couple of words in a sentence to give the audience a sense of, of what those three people are, are, are most like. Uh if, if you wanted in one word bites, I'd say Robert Kraft, Mensch, um, Tom Brady, hyphenated word, otherworldly, um, Bill Belichick, unflappable. Um, I think that combination of those three guys for 20 years are so different. Like those three personalities, you couldn't you couldn't ask for three different people and ask them to basically join a partnership together. And, um, and that's what happened. They're from three different generations. They're, they're different ages. They come from very different backgrounds and they have very different personalities and skill sets. And um, Kraft was able to form a father-like relationship with Tom. I think that's what, well, I don't think. I know that's what kept Tom in New England for 10 years longer than he probably would have been. I think the relationship that Kraft forms with Belichick is the best owner-coach relationship in all the sports. Uh, there's a lot of trust. 
that goes both ways. They, Belichick knows where the boundaries are with Kraft. Kraft knows he has a genius in Belichick, so he allows him a lot of latitude, way more latitude than he gave Belichick or Pete Carroll. Uh, and then there's the relationship between Brady and Belichick, which is a complex one. They're not close friends. They don't spend time together away from the stadium. They don't have dinner together. Um, it's not a familial type relationship. But what matters, I think, is that, and this is why I compared them to Paul Lennon and uh, Paul McCartney and John Lennon, is that, you know, even at the end when the when those two Beatles didn't get along and they they weren't even speaking to each other, when they got in the studio, they still made the most magical music on the planet. And I think that Brady and Belichick maintain that for an incredibly long period of time. And they both understood that when it was time to perform, they, they did their jobs better than anyone else. And I, I had this experience um, while I was with the team, there was a game where um, I was on the sideline right before the game started. And Brady and Belichick, I watch them every Sunday. They, they're never near each other during pregame warmups. They don't talk to each other. They don't really talk to anybody else either. So that's not, you know, anything personal. It's just they're kind of both in their own bubble during pregame and they have their own ritual or whatever. And this particular Sunday, when uh, Brady was coming off the field to go back into the locker room before the kickoff, he saw Belichick also walking off the field. And he, he basically made a beeline to him. And when they got to each other, I happened to be standing right where they were. And I had my phone, so I, I took pictures of this to remind myself of this moment. But Brady, you know, basically reached into Belichick's space. And then Bill realized it was Tom. And, and they didn't say anything to each other. But, uh, you know, Brady reached out and took Bill's hand. And Bill then put his arm, his other arm around Tom and sort of nodded and patted him on the back. And it, it was one of those moments where it was, a, to me, a perfect illustration of how these two guys communicate without talking. And uh, they've been doing it for a long time. I think they understand each other. And um, I think more than anything, Robert understood them and understood how to keep them together. The author of The Dynasty, Jeff Benedict, joining us here on Sportsnet 650, Israel Fair, Alex Blair. If you had to sum up why Tom Brady is now in Tampa Bay and Bill Belichick is still with the New England Patriots, why did that relationship dissolve over the last 10 years in New England? Well, I would say that just, I get almost every interview I've done since this book has come out, and I've probably done a hundred of them, this question gets asked every single time and I've been answering it the same way, which is I, I, by, by sort of re-engineering the question, I think to me, the question is not that, but why did this thing last so long? Not why did it come apart? Because it's, it has a shelf life that's twice as long as if you point to the greatest quarterback coach partnerships in history, you you'd have to look at uh, Bill Walsh and Joe Montana or Chuck Noll and Terry Bradshaw. And I point to those two because of what they produced and for how long they lasted. And both of those lasted about a decade and let, you know, Bradshaw had four Super Bowls and, and uh, Montana as well. And 
the thing is, this one lasted twice as long as that. And in football terms, that's an eternity. Um, and it produced six championships and nine trips to the Super Bowl. The other three, which they could have won all three of those. They were last second losses. So I think it just was time. I mean, Bill's, Bill isn't going to retire from coaching until someone's going to have to drag him off the sideline. And Tom Brady's probably not going to stop playing until someone does the same thing to him. And, and so I, I don't think it was realistic or fair for anyone to think that this relationship would continue for, say, 25 years. That's a quarter of a century. And, um, and the fact is, Tom could end up playing a quarter of a century, and Bill will probably definitely coach for a quarter of a century. And I think after 20 years together, it was time for both of them to sort of to go their own way. And, um, and they did. And they did it amicably i mean when you consider it was a it was a pretty unusually amicable breakup what was the story that you learned throughout the reporting process that you didn't expect or stands stands with you the strongest now it it's hard for me to answer that because i would say lots and lots and this the book is packed with things that would would meet the definition of what you just asked me but the reason I chose to open the book with a prologue that takes place in the emergency room in Boston where Drew Bledsoe is about to, you know, have a surgeon make an incision in his chest to try to save his life. And while blood is, you know, basically pulsing into his lung from an injury. And hours later, when Bledsoe wakes up from that procedure and he looks up from his hospital bed and sees Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick and Tommy Brady standing over him. It's to me, that is the most dramatic moment in this history of the dynasty, because at that moment, nobody in their right mind would have dreamt that the three men he was looking up at would become the nucleus of the greatest sports dynasty of our time. Because at that time, Brady had never even started a game in the NFL. Belichick had a career losing record, both in Cleveland and uh, New England. And Kraft had never won anything yet as an owner. And um, at that moment, the Patriots looked like a, a team that was in real big trouble. And yet that was the watershed sort of pivotal historical turning point, not only for that franchise, but for the entire NFL, because what was about to happen would change the, the, the league forever. The, it, it does strike you. The reporting there was terrific. And, and the other part that stood out to me, Jeff, was that Drew Bledsoe had just signed a 10-year, $103 million contract with the Patriots. He was the highest paid player in the NFL, which was something I had forgotten about. The other thing that really stuck out to me was the decision to go with Pete Carroll over Bill Belichick in 1996 and sort of the immense regret that Robert Kraft had in hindsight. And he was able to get a kick at the can again in 1999-2000. And obviously it was a, <laughs> you mentioned the, the rivalry with New York and, and Boston, but I'm just wondering w what it was about Belichick that sort of slipped through his fingers that moment, but also stayed with Robert Kraft and, and inevitably led to him hiring Bill three years later. Well, I think it was really simple. He, he definitely wanted to hire Belichick then, and he could have, uh, the thing that Robert couldn't get over in 1996 was the fact that Belichick was too closely associated with Parcells. He was his protege. He'd been with him for two decades, and Kraft absolutely 
was sick and tired of Parcells and he didn't trust him and he didn't trust anybody connected to him. That's how bad and toxic things had become in Foxborough in 96. So the only reason that he didn't hire Belichick was because of his connection to Parcells. It wasn't because he didn't think he was the right man for the job or that he wasn't going to be a great coach. He thought he was going to be a fabulous coach. And so it was all about trust. And, and, you know, as soon as he hired Pete Carroll and Belichick went to New York as an assistant again under Parcells with the Jets, you know, he started having regrets about not pulling the trigger. But I think his son, Jonathan, was right when he kept reminding his dad during the Pete Carroll years that, say, dad, it, it just wasn't the right time. It wouldn't have worked. I think Jonathan's right. I think those three years of separation were, were like a healing time. And it, it convinced Kraft that he could bring Belichick there. And fortunately, the opportunity arose for him to do it when, when Parcells quit his job at the Jets and Belichick had a decision to make. Does he become the head coach there or does he go to New England? And, um, you know, if he stays in New York, that's another moment where you could say history would have turned out very, very differently. Last one on the book, Jeff, and I, I just wanted to ask you, with all the time that you've spent talking to different, you know, characters throughout the the Patriots organization, I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts on how Tom Brady will do in Tampa Bay and how the New England Patriots will roll on without Tom Brady. Well, I live in New England, and I can tell you that there is, you know, <laughs> it's like, it is hard for people here to accept the fact that he's gone. Uh, I was at his last game. I mean, there was a leaving Gillette stadium last January was like leaving a public funeral. Uh, everybody was depressed. Um, and I think it's, it's going to take time for people to get used around here for people to get used to seeing him in another uniform and getting to see someone else under center in Foxborough. But, um, I think that he is going to do very well because he always does and he's always prepared. I think he's rejuvenated and perhaps most importantly, he's surrounded by a cast of players that is um, more like some of the casts of players he had some years ago in New England. He's got a great team of receivers and this, all the skill positions are loaded in Tampa Bay. And so he's got warm weather. Um, he's got sort of a new lease on his career. And I think Tampa Bay's really lucky that they got him. And I, I would also go a step further and say, I think there's half a do- there's probably more than a dozen teams in the NFL that are going to regret that they weren't the ones who went out and got him. New York Times bestselling author of The Dynasty, Jeff Benedict, joining us on Sportsnet 650. Uh, get you out of here on this one, Jeff, and it's uh, I'm just going to change books for you if you could. Uh, we touched on the Tiger Woods book that you co-authored with Armin Katayan off the top. That book you published in the spring of 2008, just about a year before Tiger ended up winning the Masters in 2019. I just wanted to know what you thought of that victory after having spent so much time digging into his career and, and his life at that point. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, it was, as I said at the time, even if you don't like 
Tiger Woods or if you don't like golf, if you're not interested, that victory was one of the most historic and meaningful accomplishments in all sports. Uh, I think it was a transcendent story that had a lot more to do with, it it was a more of a life triumph than just a a sporting achievement. Um, It was so unexpected and he, you know, he'd come so far back to, to win that. And I'm not talking about in the rounds of golf that day, but in his life. So uh, I think it's hard to sort of overstate what he achieved at the Masters when he won that. And I know I speak for Armin when I say we were both thrilled because in writing his biography, by the time we got to the end, there was nothing more we wanted than to see him sort of get back to the top of the mountain. So it was it was a great thing to watch. And uh, the book is great. Uh, the Dynasty. It's about the New England Patriots. It's about Robert Kraft, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and really their relationship in creating a, a dynasty that the NFL had never really seen. So we've enjoyed the details. I think the details really bring those people to life in a way that uh, maybe they've watched them on TV the last 20 years, a few interviews here and there. But but the details and the reporting is is really excellent, Jeff. So uh, congratulations on the book. Congratulations on the success. And, and thanks a lot for taking the time to talk to us today. Hey, thank you, guys. Have a good weekend.